Lord God, be with Jenny as she speaks now, as we hear your scriptures read to us this morning. We pray that they will speak to us and that your word through Jenny's uh, preaching will also pierce our hearts and our minds and our souls this morning and fill us with the hope of new life this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Over to Jenny. Sorry, everybody. Rapid change from uh, being climbed all over to being totally polished and ready to present to you all. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay, good morning, everybody. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you. He is risen indeed. Um, Yes, good morning. What a wonderful morning. And the sun shines down on us and the flowers bloom. And all around us, we are seeing signs of life, the new life in Christ. Um, And this morning, um, as I was preparing for what to share with you this Easter morning, um, I just felt really drawn to the whole of John chapter 20. Um, And as I looked at it in more detail, I just thought that this morning would be a wonderful opportunity to invite all of us to step into the Bible this morning to step into the Bible passage. So rather than choosing like a couple of things to really focus on this morning, I just wanted us to be immersed in this story of Jesus's resurrection and his encounter with people. Um, And so we're going to have a look at um, John chapter 20 and we're going to go through all of it. So it is inevitably a bit of a whistle stop tour. And as we go through, you might have all kinds of questions and certain things might jump out to you in this chapter. And, you know, I probably won't get to address all of those questions this morning. And I probably won't get to cover all of the immensely rich detail that John puts into this gospel. But I really invite you, if you have thoughts, questions, ideas, to just store them in your mind, reflect on them, bring them to God this morning, or maybe even save them for a conversation with each other. Um, about how we can understand this incredible resurrection of Christ. Um, So John is really clear at the end. So I'm starting at the end rather than starting at the beginning, as you would normally expect. I'm starting at the end. And um, John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31 says this. It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And that is what we are claiming this morning. This resurrection is not just a story from a long time ago. It's not a fable. It's not a legend. This is a truth that we can accept today so that we can have life. And it says elsewhere in John's gospel, life in all its fullness. And so I invite you to step into this story and see where you can find life this morning, not just as a story of something that happened, but for yourself as you encounter the risen Christ. Um, And John, um, I guess what I want to start off by saying is that John wrote his gospel, his account of the life of Jesus really carefully. Um, And so John chapter 20, it really is an invitation to come and step into what it would have felt like to encounter the risen Christ as we come to encounter the risen Christ for ourselves. And he gives us five pictures of people encountering him um, as he is risen. 
And there are five really different situations of encountering Jesus. And so I'm inviting you to look at these different pictures of people encountering Jesus and try and see if you feel like any of these reflect how you are and where you are this morning as you encounter the risen Christ. So let's kick off with a Bible reading. And I've asked Anna to help me so that you don't just get my voice going on and on and on. Anna is going to read the Bible sections as they come up, and I'm going to talk about them as she goes. So, Anna, over to you. John chapter 20, verse 1 to 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Oh, bit more. Thanks, Anna. Simon Peter <laughs> along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, <clears throat> as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Thanks, Anna. So, of our five pictures that John is presenting to us in this chapter of people encountering Jesus, our first is the disciple that Jesus loved, who we also know as John. Um, and what I wanted to really draw out for you about this encounter this morning is just this little section. So he goes to the tomb and he sees the stone is rolled away. What is going on? He sees that the cloths, his, the grave clothes are still there, but Jesus is gone. And it says about him, he saw and believed. But here's the really strange bit. <laughs> what was it that he believed exactly? Because it says in brackets, just after that, they still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So what is it that, that he's believing? is the kind of interesting first question that I want to ask about this picture of encountering the risen Christ. Um, and I guess that as we try and place ourselves into this story, perhaps you might really relate with John um, if you can see that there's something going on here. Like this is not a normal encounter. This is not a normal thing to experience. These stones that were in front of the tomb, they were incredibly heavy. There is no way that somebody could have just come along and rolled it. Um, they were enormously heavy. So how did the stone even get moved? Um, where, why exactly are these grave clothes still lying there? If somebody's stolen this body, why didn't they also take the grave clothes with them? Like John is encountering this empty tomb and he's encountering something quite incredible but he doesn't know what it is he can just see that god's fingerprints are on this scene that's how i kind of think of this encounter he can see that something amazing has happened but he doesn't really know what it is and as i was thinking about this encounter with the risen christ i was thinking of um, people who perhaps 
have encountered something of this story of Jesus, have, have come across this idea of Jesus. Maybe they've met somebody who's a Christian. Maybe they've met somebody, maybe they've been to a few church services, maybe they've been to some uh, toddler groups or story Sundays or messy church, and they've encountered this Christian community. They've encountered something, but they don't know what it is yet. They can tell that there's something really special. They can tell that God is real and alive in some way, but they maybe don't know exactly what's going on. And maybe you feel like you can relate to that this morning. You know that there's something about this story. Maybe you are not yet in a place where you think, yes, I can completely believe that Jesus really did come back to life that morning. But you know that God is somehow at work. And so if you relate to that this morning, I just really invite you into this story to see the next steps along the journey and where it takes us. So Anna, back to you. We're going to look at our encounter number two, Mary Magdalene. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Oh, carry on. <laughs> gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thanks, Anna. So uh, the next encounter of this resurrected Christ that John paints for us is this picture of Mary. And this, oh, I, it's such an incredibly beautiful picture of how Jesus encounters us. And um, I can relate to this in so many ways. Um, but what I want to focus in on this morning is how Jesus speaks to Mary. So when we first see Mary, we see this picture of grief and confusion and just disillusionment and loss. She is so confused. She doesn't have a clue what's going on. And maybe you can really relate to that experience this morning. You're not really sure. You Like something's happened, but actually at the moment you just think that somebody has taken him. Um, this can't, like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and... What is so beautiful about this picture of Mary, I find, is the way that Jesus speaks directly to her so gently and so carefully and so calmly. Um, and Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, he called her individually by name. And it's at that point where Jesus called her and said her name spoke to her specifically and personally, Mary. 
she turned towards him and it's at that because she's already seen him you know bear in mind she's already seen this person and she's talking to this person and she thinks it's the gardener because she's so confused and disillusioned and doesn't have a clue what's going on that she thinks that she's talking to somebody else entirely but when he turns to mary and says her name mary she looks and realizes who this really is and cries out rabboni which means teacher and perhaps you can relate to this scene this morning in the way that john pointed like has been painting it to us <clears throat> when we come to encounter the risen christ it's a really personal experience it's a really wonderful opportunity to know that this isn't just a kind of fact of history this isn't just um, something that happened a very long time ago and it's a nice story and we eat some easter eggs on sunday morning and we try and believe in it <laughs> jesus comes to encounter us by name and when he was risen he didn't just kind of shout and wave hi guys i am alive again to a big crowd necessarily he came to mary and he looked at her and encountered her and said mary and so perhaps this morning you come to this story of resurrection and you don't know what to believe you know maybe you like john you feel like maybe there's something going on but you're not sure what to believe and what i want to encourage you to how i want to encourage you to step into this resurrection story this morning is to go and sit and wait for jesus to call your name and so if you relate to that experience this morning of confusion and uncertainty, I just invite you to sit at the feet of Jesus and wait for him to call your name, whatever that is. In this verse, he's talking to Mary, but he wants to encounter each of us as individual people. He died for you and he would have died only for you. <laughs> and he wants to as he is resurrected today, speak your name. And he wants to call you and he wants to say your name in this gentle, incredible way and reach his hands out to you. Um, so I just invite you into this story of the resurrection of Jesus. And I want you to know that he is calling your name really intimately and specifically. And also the really beautiful thing about this passage, I think, is how when mary has had this encounter with the risen christ she is overflowing with this incredible encounter you know this isn't this is something that's just for her and he wants to meet her individually but from that point she can't help but tell everybody what has happened oh my goodness she can't help it so she runs and she goes to the disciples with the news i have seen the lord and I think that that's a really important thing for us to remember this morning is that often the first encounter that people have with the risen Christ is our experience of him, our testimony. Um, so the disciples haven't seen him yet. Mary turns up and she says, I have seen the Lord. He spoke my name. He reached out to me in my confusion. And now I believe and I have this incredible new life. I have seen him. This is real. Um, and sometimes it's really important for us to remember that when we have encountered this risen Christ, it pours out of us. This is a really personal and intimate experience, but also 
Jesus wanted it to come out of her as life for everybody else as well. So something to remember, if you've encountered the risen Christ, it's probably going to change your life. And when it changes your life, you're going to want everybody else to know how incredible it is to have that life changing experience as well and run and say, I have seen the Lord. Um, so something else to remember this morning. Our next section, I'm sorry, I'm, I feel like I'm rushing through this so fast. This is just such beautiful, beautiful words, but we have a whole chapter to encounter today. So Anna, over to you. Next section, the disciples. John 20, 19 to 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So this is the picture of Jesus, his risen Jesus encountering the disciples for the first time. And as I was thinking about these different sketches of how people are encountering the risen Jesus, it really occurred to me, like the thing that really stuck out to me in this picture, this third picture that John is painting for us of encountering the risen Christ, that this is probably the most secure one, <laughs> you know. In the first encounter, John's encountering this amazing thing that's happened but he doesn't even really know what's happened he just knows that something incredible has happened in the second picture we have this kind of real confusion and disillusionment from mary like she she's really sad but then she meets jesus but she's alone in meeting jesus and she runs to tell everybody else because she wants to share this incredible news um but the picture that i see when i look at how the disciples encountered the risen christ is one of quite deep security and perhaps that is something um, that you feel as you're encountering the risen Christ today. Maybe you have for a long time been a member of the church. You've been part of the church in all kinds of different forms and you have known the risen Christ for a very long time. Um, and what I like about this picture is it's a picture of real security in the trust and faith in this truth, um, because they firstly, they encounter him together. And I think that's a really powerful thing for us to remember as um, as the body of Christ, as the church, that as much as Jesus does in the situation with Mary want to speak to us individually by name, he also wants to provide us with community together to be witnesses to this. So in the case of Mary, when she encounters Jesus and then she runs to tell the disciples, perhaps it's a very vulnerable experience because she's thinking, I've seen the Lord. I know this is true, but you're going to think I'm completely mad when I tell you this is true. But in the case of the disciples, they meet him all together in this picture. And, um, you know, so one disciple might say to the other, I'm pretty sure I've just seen Jesus. Do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> and the other disciple can turn to him and say, no, of course you're not crazy. I just saw him too. You know, we, we're in this, like we're sharing this experience together. We support each other in our witness and testimony and our knowledge of what he's done so you know it was so beautiful hearing everybody's testimonies just now of how we are seeing new how we see new life and as we share together 
that testimony of new life in Christ. It's a secure place to be, isn't it? Together as as a fellowship of believers. Um, and the second thing that's so secure and beautiful about this picture is that Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit on them. Um, he doesn't just appear to them as a kind of, oh, hello, I'm I'm here and now I'm going away again. But he breathes the Holy Spirit on them with a, this image that I am here and I'm resurrected and I am staying. You know, I am I am staying with you and I am leaving with you this incredible gift of power that comes from God. You are surrounded by each other in this faith and you are also held very deeply by me. Um, and I love that secure picture. But if and if you find yourself in that place this morning, like, yes, I I, I, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And you're in that secure place of having belonged to being part of this church for a long time. I just want to draw um, you to the fact that Jesus has a really good purpose for that security. He's not just asking you to stay in a nice, safe, happy place because it feels really nice to know that Jesus is alive. He has a real purpose for offering that security to you in your life. And that is to draw other people into that beautiful place of security and knowing that this hope is real, that this hope is something um, that will transform not just your life, but other people's. And I just want to go back a little bit to John chapter 17, because I think um, that this picture of security is really reflected in what Jesus is asking of his church and his people and his followers. He says in John chapter 17, 20 to 21, my prayer is not for them alone. So it's so beautiful. If you're encountering Jesus in this security and this wonderful place of hope today, and um, that's wonderful. <laughs> I just want to remind you, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So church this morning, if we find ourselves, if you really resonate with this picture of the disciples, if you find yourself in a place of hope and security as part of the body of Christ, I want us to remember this morning, this message is not just for us in our church. We are creating a beautiful family and community together so that we can continue and continue and continue to invite other people into that place into that encounter with the Holy Spirit, into that support of each other. We must always remember that this is not a closed door community, that this is a community that wants to continue to draw other people into that beautiful hope and security and joy of the resurrection. So there you go. That's our third picture tripping on quickly. Like I said, a real whistle stop tour of John chapter 20. But our next picture. Um, oh, this has changed a bit. But Anna, over to you. John 20, 24 to 28, Thomas. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, <laughs> was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. 
So this is our fourth picture, the picture of Thomas, traditionally known as Doubting Thomas in the church. Poor Thomas. <laughs> he gets such a bad reputation, doesn't he, for this, this doubt that he experiences. But maybe um, it, this morning, um, as you encounter the risen Christ again on this Easter Sunday, perhaps, you know, you've, been, you've, you've experienced some of those other three pictures before in your life. But perhaps this morning you are just filled with uncertainty and confusion and doubt. You just maybe it's been a really long year <laughs> of this pandemic. Um, we've all, you know, and interestingly, our picture before of that security of being together as these followers of Jesus. We have all not had that so much this year. We've been so blessed by this Zoom fellowship, I believe. Um, I have been so blessed, but perhaps you find yourself out on your own, um, like Thomas was, you know, all of his, uh, all of the other disciples, they had this encounter with Jesus, but perhaps you just feel like you're out on your own at the moment and it all feels so uncertain. And you're just like, I don't think I can believe in this hope at the moment. Perhaps that's where you find yourself today. And amongst all of the, he is risen and celebration, you know, I want John give space for this uncertainty and doubt. And I want to give space to you today if you feel like you're in this place of just not knowing if you can really believe this message. Because Jesus so generously and gently wants to speak to Thomas. And if you find yourself in this place, he wants to speak to you too. It really struck me as I was looking at this picture of encountering Christ that it could have been, you know, Jesus already had, you know, he's got Mary, he's got the other 10 disciples, you know, he's got a lot of people that are already with him, you know, they're behind him. He could very easily have been, oh, don't worry about Thomas, it's all right, let's move on. <laughs> you know, Thomas could have just been completely left behind here and just had to not believe, but Jesus wanted to encounter Thomas too. Um, and and Jesus comes to him gently and he's not angry with him. He's not like, oh, Thomas, how, how can you not be believing me? He just says to him, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. You know, he, it's a gentle picture. It's a picture of Jesus inviting him to ask those questions. It's a picture of Jesus inviting him to say, okay, you're in this place of doubt, but I'm encouraging you into a new place of life. Um, and something that I picked up as I was looking at this picture um, that I really liked is that um, often when I think of Thomas, I've got this really visual image, probably because of all these pictures. So if you're looking at my screen, you can see a picture of Thomas really poking in his finger to Jesus, can't you? <laughs> um, and so I've always got this idea in my head that Thomas is like really physically investigating Jesus. Um, but something that I read when I was preparing this week is that um, it doesn't actually say that Jesus did, that Thomas did go poking at Jesus. It doesn't say that. Um, we, it might be the case, but there is a bit of an uncertainty here. Jesus invites him to touch the wounds in his hand. He invites him to touch his side, and perhaps he did. But all we actually see here is Thomas turns to him and said to him, my Lord and my God. Um, and perhaps Thomas ultimately thought that he needed like really specific and secure proof. He thought that he needed it. Um, but ultimately, when he saw Jesus and encountered Jesus 
and encountered the grace that Jesus was offering him in letting him ask these questions, letting him um, meet him in that place of doubt. He all of a sudden was like, do you know what? I actually don't need to have 100% proof anymore. I just want to look at you and say, wow, you still want to meet with me, even in all my uncertainty and my doubt. My Lord and my God, you look on me and give me a welcome. You look on me and give me the opportunity to come and encounter you for myself and in the way that I need to encounter you. And wow, that is so incredible in itself. Maybe I don't need to touch your wounds. I don't know. I'll leave that one a little bit open for discussion perhaps, but I liked that picture of Thomas when I was reading this. It doesn't say he had to have 100% proof in the end. He still encountered Jesus with that measure of faith because he knew that Jesus wanted to meet with him. So let's trip on thinking still about time um, to the last picture that Jesus, uh, that John provides for us in his gospel, which Anna's going to read. John 20, 29 to 31, faith. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Thanks. So the last picture um, of people that encounter the risen Christ is people that have those who have not seen and yet have believed. Um, and this is kind of a culmination for John um, of what he's where he's going with this with this um, these encounters with the resurrected Christ. Those who have not seen and yet have believed. Um, and I, I guess what I wanted to draw out of this is that these people are really blessed. Um, and perhaps, you know, that's that's where you are today. You're a person of really simple faith and you're just like, OK, great. This sounds like good news. I can believe in this good news. And that is such a beautiful place to be. I think a lot of the time we kind of try and honour perhaps this image um, of Thomas in our society. You know, people that have got all the answers and all the proof. Um, when actually, I think something that's really clear from the from the gospel witness is that the simplicity of faith is a really beautiful place to be because it's not necessarily a place of complete and utter um, proof. And I've got all the right answers and I know exactly what's going on and I can always um, give you the scientific reasoning for why I believe that Jesus really did rise from the dead. It's just a very simple place of faith. Um, and as I was um, as I was thinking about this, I just was really drawn back to Matthew. Chapter 18, where it says um, he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles themselves like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I just really like that picture this morning that we can come and encounter Jesus in the real humility and simplicity of faith. And perhaps in the past, I thought that it was um, like we have to strive for this totally perfect faith. But I don't think it's about striving so much. I think that it's just about 
it's kind of a self-evident truth to me as as I learn more about what it is to follow Christ. It becomes a more and more self-evident truth that if you can encounter Jesus with a simple a simple faith, that faith is its own blessing. That if you aren't always constantly, constantly questioning and wrestling, um, you find a real place of peace. And so I just invite you this morning to to come to that place of encounter with Jesus, which is a really simple and humble place of peace and to um, experience the blessing of that risen Jesus and to know that blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. Um, yes, so just to sum up our very fast whistle stop tour of John chapter 20, I just invite you back into those five pictures um, that John shows us. Um, the first picture, perhaps you find yourself in this place today, um, of John who just knows that there's something going on, but isn't sure what, not sure what to make of it yet, not sure if they can really believe this yet. I really invite you to find out more, you know, maybe, um, maybe come and have a conversation with somebody in the church. What is it that you believe really? Like, tell me what it is you believe. And, um, we'll talk to you about it. Keep on with that journey of discovery. Keep asking questions. Keep trying to find out what this incredible truth that you can see around you is. Um, perhaps you resonate with that second picture of Mary, just confused and disillusioned. Jesus wants to call you by name. He will call you by name. This isn't just something that you have to accept without that real secure faith of knowing that it is you that Jesus wants to encounter. So I just invite you to bring yourself before Jesus and say, Jesus, speak to me, come and call my name. And I believe that Jesus will. I believe that that's where Jesus wants to meet with you. Um, that third picture, perhaps you're a member of the church and you're pretty secure in this gospel truth. You're pretty secure in the resurrected Jesus. You're surrounded by other witnesses. Remember that Jesus wants to open the door to so many other people to come into that place of beautiful security and hope that we share together. And how is he calling you to do that um, as we move forward into this next year? How is he calling you to do that and to welcome people into this community? Um, the fourth picture, that of Thomas, perhaps you're doubting and you can't, you don't know if you can believe this. Jesus gently invites Thomas to come and ask those questions, to come and encounter him. Jesus is asking you to come, encounter me. And perhaps ultimately you won't get all the answers that you're seeking, but you will meet with Jesus who is calling your name and you will come to a point where you say, I can stop doubting. I want to believe. And um, you'll reach this beautiful place, this last picture that John paints for us, that blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. So let me pray for us this morning. And I, I pray, um, let me pray it. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we encounter um, these pictures that John painted for us when he wrote his gospel of these ways of encountering Christ, I pray that we will be able to see where we are um, that this Easter morning won't just be about Easter eggs and, you know, going to church this morning, but we will know that Jesus wants to meet us. The risen Christ really wants to encounter us with the real hope and belief that this is true. This isn't just a story. This isn't just a legend. This is a real truth. And you want to uh, invite us to believe it. Um, so I pray that you will continue to come and meet with us. 
and speak to us this morning. Amen. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Amen.